0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network.
1: Welcome back to Real Presence Live this March 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation of Our Lord. And uh, I'm your host, Jack Kennelly, along with my wife, Doreen. And we were just... uh, We just finished a discussion with Father Damien Schill about architecture in the Church. And now our next guest is in studio with us. It's Father Riley Durkin. And he's going to be talking to us about uh, the Sacrament of Reconciliation, which is really timely since we're just, you know, uh, just a few days shy of Holy Week. Yeah, yeah. And this is a time when people think, well, maybe it's time to get to confession. But before we get to that, Father, I think... We should give Dreen an opportunity. She spent hours and hours researching for these jokes and riddles that she has for us, and so we, do, we want we want to accommodate her at least for one or two, you know, during the, the entire morning. And so here she comes, the laugh riot. That's quite the build-up. Yeah. yeah, that
2: was quite the. Build that up. Was, that was quite a long silence too. Mm. <laughs> Why did the worm cross the ruler?
1: This is for you, Father. I'm I, I'm I'm out of this one. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know.
2: To become an inchworm.
3: You
1: know, that,
2: that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Not that funny, but
1: it makes sense. Oh, do another one.
2: Uh, you want another one? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I, uh, I'm
1: laughing inside for our listeners that aren't hearing it. <laughs> I'm laughing inside. I'm just...
2: Okay. Uh, why did the bee tease the other bee? Why is that? Because he was acting like a baby. Oh, that's a drum roll track. 12. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, right. We need a laugh track.
3: Okay. Yeah, we need a. We need a button. Okay.
1: <laughs> now, back to the program. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, Father, why don't you introduce yourself? Father Riley Durkin is of the Diocese of Fargo, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'll let you take it from there.
3: Yeah. So, as you said, I'm Father Riley Durkin. I'm one of the one of the associate priests at Holy Cross in West Fargo, and at the end of June. I would have been there for about a year. Well, a year exactly at the end of June, and then uh, in August, at the end of the summer, I would have been a priest for about a year. So I'm seven, seven or so months in.
1: Oh, oh he's okay. a baby. Yeah, <laughs> just a baby priest. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. The 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 third in our uh, priest lineup for today.
2: Yes, if you stay uh, if you stay um, tuned in for the whole show from nine to eleven today, you will be. Quadruply blessed.
1: Yes, or twice um, blessed twice. That too? That too, yes. Okay, well, Father, how are you going to be preparing for Easter? And can you give us a snapshot of what your Holy Week is going to look like? Yeah,
3: we actually just had our Holy Week staff meeting yesterday. Um, so I've, I've been told, like I said, I haven't been a priest for a year yet. This, I'm still doing a lot of new things, a lot of things for the first time. And I've been told that Holy Week is the busiest week for priests. Uh, so I'm ready to experience that so things like altar server training and um and the liturgies and i don't know in my inexperienced mind i can't think of much else right so that's three hours out of the day uh but i'm told it's going to be busy
2: so i'm ready for it you're ready and it will, i'll drink my coffee and it might not be a holy week that you'll always be able to refer back to because there's still a few covid restrictions is that right or is it pretty much open at-
3: Yes, um, as far as I know, it's mm-hmm. it's fairly open. Great. Um, I think there's still, uh, what do you, what do you call them? They only allow so many people in. Some to
1: build what you, restrictions of yeah service. yeah uh,
3: occupancy restrictions. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I think there's a few of that yet, but. That hasn't really been a problem at Holy Cross so far.
1: Okay, just another thing for you to be thinking about ahead of time, then. Uh,
3: another, another thing for the pastor to be thinking about ahead of time.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, pass the, pass the buck, please.
2: <laughs> oh, so how how do you you're anticipating Holy Week next mm-hmm, week? Mm-hmm. So how do you prepare yourself to an, you know in anticipation of it? How are you preparing yourself this week for the busyness of next yeah. week? Yeah. So. Um,
3: My preparation for Holy Week has been different before, in the seminary beforehand. It's been a lot of um, more spiritual preparation. I had read books in the past, or making sure I do that last week of Lenten resolutions and I don't fall off. Uh, But this week has been a lot of reading the books, reading, uh, making sure that everything is going to go well, preparing in a more practical way for the uh, the parish, for the actual liturgies, Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, public confession here on the radio. I haven't done a lot of, hadn't done a lot of uh, spiritual preparation for myself yet, and I'm hoping to figure that out this weekend well, before...
1: It's probably a little different when you're on the other side of the altar well, then, this year. And that's what I'm beginning to learn.
3: Yeah, I think it will be a little bit, a little bit different.
1: Well, I suppose, though, you can you know, uh, take your past experiences, though, and think in terms of, okay, what do the people on that side need... Right. That I will be doing. And that's, and that's
3: always a question in the back of my mind these past few weeks when I've been preaching on Sundays is how can I help you know, these people have a good Lent? How can I help my people um, have a spiritually fulfilling Lent? What does that look like? Encouragement to continue with Lenten resolutions, uh, talking about the scriptures. So a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the daily Mass readings and I think all the Sunday Mass readings leading up to Easter are Jesus going up to Jerusalem for one last time. Mm-hmm. And so, really pointing that out—that we're nearing the end of the season, and we're we're coming to the the greatest day in in the church, the greatest day in this year,
1: which is Easter Sunday. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's kind of like you know you're mentioning how it's busiest time of the year for you as priests. It's also, I think, for lay people too. Even some of the celebration of Easter. Outside of the liturgical celebration, just family coming and things like that, you know, you can get carried away with the busyness of Holy Week, you know, and uh, and preparing for you know the Easter celebration, either liturgically or just uh, the social stuff. And but, what are some of the ways that we can kind of slow down and enter into the solemnness of the uh, the Triduum? Yeah.
3: Well, I think. A really big important thing, and I grew up doing this as a kid, is going to the going to the liturgies, Holy Saturday, Good Friday, uh, Holy Thursday, those sorts of things, because these are unlike any other any other liturgy during the year. Especially Good Friday. Good Friday has always been my favorite because of its solemnness. Right? You're doing the veneration of the cross. There's a a lot of a lot of red. The music. It's very um, oh what you, somber somber solemn solemn. Mm-hmm. solemn. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, and so, for me, and then when I was in seminary, of course, we would do all of the Triduum liturgies at the cathedral, and they did an excellent job. Uh, but that, I think, is a really, really good and important way to to enter into it, even mentally, saying this is something, this is there's something different about this week, there's something different about today.
2: Mm-hmm. Father, could you just, um, for any person who is tuning in that isn't Catholic and hasn't hasn't experienced it or isn't aware of what happens at each of the liturgies during the sacred triduum. Could you um, speak a little bit about each one Holy Thursday? What happens when you walk into the church? What does it look like? Um, How will the liturgy be the same and how will it be a little bit different? Yeah.
3: Yeah. So Holy, Holy Thursday is wonderful. It's a commemoration of the last supper Uh, institution of the priesthood is a big, important part of that. We, we, the things that are different is we get volunteers and the priest or whoever's celebrating the deacon uh, washes their feet. Twelve, 12 people in, mem- in commemoration of the twelve apostles, Jesus washing their feet. And then uh, they, they, celebrate, they celebrate mass, mass as normal, and then they process many churches into a side chapel or an altar of repose where, uh, the, where you can adore the Eucharist in, in a smaller space uh, remembering Jesus being in the garden. And after the Last Supper, he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane, and uh, he's there with his he's there with his apostles, right? and many of them fall asleep, of course, as we know from the Bible, uh, but you can still be there to accompany the Lord in the garden. Oftentimes, these side chapels are decorated with you know, potted plants or flowers to look like uh, to look to look like the garden, and then. What's interesting about the Holy Thursday liturgy is there's no concluding rite. There's no blessing at the end uh, because it's not over. It doesn't end until Saturday. Yeah. So you go in on Good Friday uh, and there's no opening song. There's no blessing. You, you go in and the priests immediately lay face first in front of the altar. Oftentimes this takes place at three o'clock, but it can, it happens different times at different churches, but to remember that Good Friday, the death of Jesus, um, and then it's a lot of readings. You venerate the cross. Uh, and then you don't... It's the one day of the year on Good Friday when no mass in the world is celebrated. And so you, you still have a distribution of communion, but it's communion that was consecrated the night before at Holy Thursday.
1: Have you been talking about how you're going to deal with the veneration of the cross during the
3: pandemic times? Uh, yeah. So at Holy Cross, what we're doing is uh, a few moments of... The priest just lifting up, or the deacon lifting up the cross, uh, so there won't be individual veneration during the liturgy, but it will be available afterwards for people to come for a few to spend a few moments. So normally, what what happens is you come up like communion, right? You touch the cross, you kiss the cross, and it's purified. Uh, but that's that's not the way it's going to go this year, at least not at, at least not at Holy Cross. I'm not sure what other churches are doing. Right.
2: I thought I heard that the Pope actually recommended that for this year, what you're doing at at Holy Cross.
1: Well, he he could have.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he didn't contact you directly. No, no, no <laughs> we didn't. No, we didn't no. talk about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you will probably get it from his pastor. Yeah. He's been talking to Father <laughs> Phil. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right.
3: And then Holy Saturday, of course, is a long. It's the. It's about two hours. A uh, lot of reading. A lot of readings and a. Just a big celebration, and I encourage anybody to come.
1: Mm -hmm. It's interesting to think, though, of having like a a three-day liturgy. I usually think in terms of each one being its own discrete liturgy, but here we have the Triduum, which is basically three days.
3: Yeah, and it doesn't end, it starts on Holy Thursday, and it doesn't end until the last blessing on Holy Saturday.
1: Okay, well, we're coming up on a quick break here, Eli is telling me. So, Let's, uh, let's take a break, and I encourage all of our listeners to stay tuned. We'll, we're talking with Father Riley Durkin about uh, uh, celebrating Easter and preparing for Easter, and we'll be talking about confession, I think, after the break. And so stay with us, and
0: we will see you on the other side. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on The Real Presence Radio Network. S.J. Machine,
3: proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701 347 0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network.
1: Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio, with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? Please call me, Mike Kitrowski at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started.
2: The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor.
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show.
1: Okay, welcome back to Real Presence Live with Jack and Doreen Canelli. We're talking with Father Riley Durkin. But before we get back with our discussion with Father, Doreen is anxiously awaiting. She, she's got a real good one lined up here, I'm sure. <laughs>
2: And it's now become an act of humility when I hear that they need a groan track <laughs> rather than a laugh track. All right, so why did the gardener plant a seed in the pond? Why is that? To grow a watermelon.
1: That was worth the wait. Yep. Yeah, wasn't that, that? was worth the wait. Sorry, don't favor. you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Father, we're we're you know we're talking about Easter. And uh, I, I think uh, we promoted your segment as talking about uh, confession, and it's important. So uh, if we haven't already done so, why should we go to confession to prepare for Easter? Right. So, well,
3: the easy, the easy answer is it's because it's the one time of the year uh, the church asks everybody to go to confession. Whether you have a mortal sin or not, go during Lent leading up to Easter.
1: So, so it's not just once a year.
3: It's specifically during specifically during Easter, season. Well, like Lent in preparation for Easter, I think is is mm-hmm. what it's worded as. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the wisdom of the church is what a better way to to be able to prepare for for any mass, but specifically Easter Easter mass, the Holy Week liturgies, like we talked about, uh, then to go to then to go to confession, right? Then to ask uh, God for your for forgiveness of your sins, um, on the day he forgave all of ours on the cross, or leading up to that day, mm-hmm. and then, of course, more importantly than Good Friday, but the day of the day of the resurrection, the day of Easter.
2: It, it seems that it's such a um, a beautiful way to uh, kind of concretely uh, put yourself in the position to receive the graces, like you said, from the. Passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord. He came for that very purpose, right. and we're receiving a gift when we um, prepare and go to confession to receive his his mercy in that way, and to be able to hear those words, "You, you, know, I absolve you of your sins."
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that that's the that's the key. And there is a certain appropriateness of doing it Holy Week. I mean, there are still a few churches, at least in the Fargo area, I imagine, elsewhere that are doing. Uh, penance services before before Easter. Yet I've got one tonight, um, but of course, you know most church bulletins say confessions are at this time or by appointment. So don't be afraid to make an appointment either.
2: We're very blessed in our city and in our diocese,
1: right? But I think we all also want to let our remind our listeners that. The idea of going once a year during the Easter season as required by the church is a minimum. Yeah, it's a minimum. And, That's a minimum. And the the graces that are available through the sacrament we can have throughout the year and we certainly encourage our listeners and all Catholics, you know, to uh, frequent the sacraments, particularly, you know, Eucharist and confession.
3: Right. I encourage people of course go go to confession as needed, but try to do at least monthly. Monthly, I think, would be a good habit to go into. Whether, and if you think you, well, I don't have anything to say. Uh, If you prepare and if you get into that habit, you'll think of things to say.
2: And and father, are there tools to help people prepare for making a good confession? Yeah. So
3: on online, and we have the wonder of the internet. uh, Examination of consciences, being able to look at those, print them off. Sometimes they're very specific, like examination of conscience for grade school kids. Examination of consciences for married couples, for priests, for, um, for retired people, any, any sort of that, that way. Mm. Um, doing that, and if you make a habit of uh, examining your conscience, uh, Ignatius of Loyola talked about t- making an examine of ca- conscience twi- three times a day, in the morning, at noon, and at night. Uh, and so if we make a habit of that, we'll certainly come up with, with things to say and ask forgiveness for.
1: Right. Uh, A lot of times I find the examinations of conscience come up a little bit short because, Mm. you know, I haven't killed anybody, I haven't robbed a bank, you know, but there are other things too, the sins of omission. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that's why the frequent examination of one's conscience, you know, because you kind of tend to forget about a lot of things, right? you know, things I should have done or could have done but didn't. And a lot
3: of people will will use the Ten Commandments as an examination of conscience. Uh, but then, as you say, Jack, you think to yourself, "Well, I haven't killed anybody. I haven't robbed a bank." Uh, but you could also be using other scripture passages, like the Beatitudes. Have I been um, pure of heart? Have I been uh, whatever whatever you may find? Uh, using the corporal works and spiritual works of mercy, or would be good for finding sins of omission.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Right? Have I been feeding the hungry? Have I been clothing the naked?
2: And I like what you said about those uh, examination of consciences that are available online. It sounds like they're geared to your state in life, too. They can be, yeah. yeah which so, would be very helpful.
1: Right. Yeah, very helpful. Yeah, I kind of like what Ray, Dr. Ray Grundy said at our Real Presence Radio banquet, where he said something to the effect that confession is when your wife goes into the confessional and tells the priests your sins. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that, I, that'd be convenient.
3: That's, that's <laughs> the joke I make sometimes when I preach about confession. I'll say, and if you can't think of anything to say, ask your spouse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I had time for that.
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> or there, yeah. was this, there was this little girl um, we were, and at our parish. She was preparing for, uh, for her first confession, second grader. And she said, well, I don't need to go to confession. And I think it was Father, Father Phil said, well, why is that? She said, well, I haven't, I haven't sinned it yet. And I said, ask your parents. <laughs> They'll come up with
2: something. Yeah. Sure. They can help. <laughs> That's right. No, it that is so true. It's you know, it's not easy for us to always see um ourselves as we are.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I mean, it all joking aside, it is good to to ask somebody. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm having trouble examining my consciences. Where do you think I could grow? Mm-hmm. Where do you think the Lord is calling me to be the the husband, the wife, the mom, the father, the priest, whoever. Uh, It's where he's calling me to be.
1: That's a good exercise in humility. It it is. Mm -hmm. It is, and it's not easy. Yeah, be sure to ask when the other person's in a good mood. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, you you might get a more honest, objective sort of analysis. Yes, I know that. (laughs) I can ask any time. All right, take advantage of that.
2: So any other suggestions for preparation for Holy Week on the spiritual level for us? Confession, definitely making a good examination of conscience.
3: Yeah, anytime, um, I and mean, we talked about this a little bit before the break, how the liturgies are so different in Holy Week. Uh, but if you choose to go to them, it, ask yourself, anytime you go to Mass, but especially during Holy Week, what stuck out to me? Right? Why, why is this something that I thought was cool? Or why did they do it this way? Um, what is the Lord trying to tell me when you know, the priests lay in front of the altar on Good Friday, or during the during the fifth reading on Holy Saturday? What is the Lord trying to tell me? Or what I always what I always do during Holy Saturday is trying to find the connections if they're doing all seven readings, trying to find the connections between all of them. Why did the church pick out these specific readings to lead up to the gospel reading and to lead out to the resurrection?
2: That's a very practical suggestion to it really I'm thinking imagining doing that and I have the sense of being drawn in Mm -hmm. more deeply Mm -hmm. to what is happening
3: right it's not something that's happening around you but consider something that that you're being invested in Mm -hmm.
1: so why don't we prime the pump a little bit for our our listeners and maybe you could explain the priests why they prostrate themselves at the altar or am I putting you on the spot here
3: (laughs) Uh, I'll try (laughs) You saw me squirm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what I what I draw the connection to is the same thing happens at ordinations, or at um, oh, the word is escaping me when when nuns or brothers take their final vows, mm-hmm. they lay in front of the altar. Mm-hmm. It's an it's an act of humility. Right? Laying face down is a very vulnerable position. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Especially if you're older. <laughs> you know, am I going to be able to get back up from this?
2: You wouldn't know that, Father. You're pretty young. Yeah. I'm told,
3: from That's what yes, I'm told. Yes, yes, That's yes, part yes. of my experience.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, and so it is, it's, it, it's an act of humility. You're laying in front of the altar. You're laying in front of, in front of the tabernacle to say, this isn't, this isn't about me, right? I'm, I'm laying not only myself, but my entire life before you.
1: To me, it, it, it kind of creates a real sense of solemnity. That too. You know, and in, 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 I don't know if somberness is a word, but uh, I'm going to use it, you know, somberness.
3: Right, it does. So I think of it like if somebody uh, who had never experienced any sort of, of Catholic liturgy or any sort of Mass before were to come on Good Friday and see that, they would think there's something special happening right now. Mm-hmm. Right, just like you think about any Sunday during the gospel, everybody stands up. Well, imagine if you've never been to, uh, never been to a mass before, and everybody around you starts standing up. You'd think to yourself, okay, well, something important is happening. Right? Mm-hmm. They see something important in this. Well, it's because we're reading the gospel.
1: Right. You know, and it's not like a, a procession, you know, which is usually more of a colorful, celebratory sort of uh,
3: entrance. Right. Right. It's very. Uh, it's very somber. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, there's no words being said. Yeah. I, I don't think there's
1: music that's playing nope. when the
3: priest is in front of the altar laying down. Yeah.
1: It, it's, this gets back to what we were talking about with Father Damien Schill that everything that the church does even in the architecture has meaning of some yes. sort. And here we're talking about you know, just the movement of the uh, the celebrants you know, creates a mood.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, consistent with whatever the, the, the liturgical uh celebration is
2: right it's not just drama for the sake of drama it has real meaning
3: right it is dramatic right so it is absolutely it's certainly drama Mm -hmm. but it as you say it does have it does have a meaning to it and i think that's an important thing to ask yourself is if this is sticking out to me why you know why is that important it's like doing Lexio divina with
1: the liturgy Mm -hmm. okay for those of you who have uh just tuned in with us we're talking with father riley durkin and unfortunately we're at the end of our our segment <laughs> of the program but we certainly want to thank you father for coming in today and visiting with us about this very important uh, season of the year liturgical season and also confession and how to prepare for it and uh with that i before we let you go we'd like to have you impart a blessing if you would i would love to the lord be with you
2: and, and with your, your spirit, spirit.
3: And may the Almighty God bless you and all who are listening. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, Father. Thank you, and I hope everybody has a great Holy Week. Go to those liturgies. I call them liturgies because Holy Friday isn't a Mass. Ah, great. But it's still a liturgy. So attend them if you haven't. It's a wonderful experience.
1: Okay, great. Thanks, Father. And for those of you who are out there in Real Presence Radio land, up next... The Annunciation of the Lord is a holy day for our time. How does that work? Did it happen thousands of years ago? Stay tuned to find out during our next interview on Real Presence Live. So we're doubling up on our guests talking about the Annunciation today. And it's a great feast, and it's a lovely day out there, at least here in Fargo, and I hope it is where all our listeners are. So
0: stay tuned, and we will be back after the break.